0: Welcome to the Deerfield Family Theater Podcast. As part of our Theater D series, I have the privilege and honor to speak with Jade Andrews, the costume designer for Theater D's 2023 production of Inherit the Wind. Speaking of Inherit the Wind, in case you're tuning in and didn't already know, Theater D is putting on a performance of Inherit the Wind this April of 2023, and the last weekend of performances is this weekend starting Friday, April 14th, and it's not too late to purchase your tickets. So while you're listening to this episode, visit theaterd.com and get your tickets without further delay. Here's the interview. Jade Andrews, welcome to the DFT podcast.
1: Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here.
0: Yeah, well, uh, we're excited to have you. Just uh, for those listening in, we're in the Theater D season of the podcast, and we have Inherit the Wind coming up with Theater D. So, Jade, how about you just tell the audience a little bit about yourself and what you're doing for Inherit the Wind?
1: Yeah, so I'm Jade Andrews. I'm 23 years old. Originally, I'm from upstate New York, but in the summer of 2021, I relocated to Chicago. So I've been working in and around Chicago in the Chicagoland area. And during the fall, I I came to, to Deerfield to work on the production of Big Fish as the costume designer. And I'm back again costuming for Inherit the Wind, and I'm super excited about it
0: awesome awesome well we are we are so happy to have you here i absolutely love big fish so our longtime listeners will have heard you know we we did all the interviews for big fish and I'm, I'm so glad while well, we didn't get to interview you for those costumes we get to interview you for inherit the wind but let's so how about we just get into that like like what was it what was the differences between doing costumes for a show like big fish which is like a musical production compared to inherit the wind which is a little bit of a heavier subject
1: yeah totally a huge difference in costumes Big Fish had so much fantasy and like whimsy to it. We had witches and mermaids. There was a circus scene. So the costumes really played a big role in telling the stories because, you know, it, it, to have that whimsy, to capture that fantasy, you really needed to have, like, awesome costumes to go along, you know, with, with the themes. So Big Fish had to have bright colors and all this awesome glitz and glam, bells and whistles, all of that. Whereas Inherit the Wind, it's definitely like a lot more muted of like a color palette. We're going with like natural colors, like the director, Chris, he wanted like sunset, sunrises, colors like nature, ocean, sand, just earthy, earth tones. Just because, like you said, yeah, it's a lot heavier of a show. The show takes place in 1920, but we're not really setting it in 1920. We want it to feel like a lot more closer of like a time period. So the costumes are more subtle and laid back no bells and whistles no glitz and glam like big fish had So yeah
0: okay okay so like it is like it is a period story but in like sort of where you're approaching it from a costume perspective of like like a more it could be like you walk into a courtroom because it is like a courtroom drama a lot of it right yeah so it's like you could walk into a courtroom today and like it might look kind of like that kind of a thing
1: Yeah, that's totally what we're going for. So it's sort of like modern clothing does 1920s. So we'll have like longer skirts and like longer summery dresses and the guys, you know, they'll be wearing like dress pants the whole time, vests and polos, but we don't want it to be like straight up like 1920s period pieces. We wanted it to feel closer and feel more familiar of a time period.
0: All right. All right. Well, that's super interesting. Before we even get more into like Inherit the Wind, let's let's get back into uh, let's learn about Jade Andrews a little bit. So so you've you've been involved in theater for a really long time. Maybe you want to get started with like, like how you got started in the theater world.
1: Oh, yeah. So I've been doing theater since I was a kid. I think like eight years old was my first play. We did like an Alice in Wonderland spinoff and I played the Queen of Hearts. So I've I've always done theater. I graduated from SUNY New Paltz in 2021. I majored in theater and I focus on acting. So my training is in acting and I've done acting quite a bit. But once COVID hit, there really wasn't like a lot more opportunities Mm -hmm. for acting like that sort of definitely took a pause. And I wanted to make the most of like the rest of my college experience and the rest of my time, you know, doing theater at my college. So I switched over to costume design and I finished the costume design track in like two semesters. And I was able to work on a few shows with my college. I costume designed this play called The Killing Fields. It took place in like 1980s South Central Los Angeles that was awesome and I hair and makeup designed for Romeo and Juliet then after I graduated I came here to Chicago and I worked with Deerfield on Big Fish that was my first professional gig after college.
0: Very cool, very cool. We're happy to have you and and, and do that for you. I mean, we uh, one of the things I like to I like to talk about on the podcast is talk about like the journey, right? And like some of the behind the scenes stuff that goes on. Because if you're if you're going to enjoy a performance, you know you see the actors, you know you hear the music, but you don't really think about necessarily a lot of behind the scenes stuff. So so like if somebody is like in acting, like how like and maybe a, another good question would be as somebody who originally studied acting and has performed a lot, you know, does that inform you as a costume designer and like, what exactly does, I mean, it's kind of in the name, but like, tell us like, what exactly does a costume designer do?
1: Yeah. So a couple of questions there. The first one, like how does being like an actor, like inform costume design? Definitely I, I have worn uncomfortable costumes before as an actor. So I definitely, when I'm costume designing, I have that in mind. Things that would be too heavy or just fabrics that are itchy, uncomfortable. That's definitely something that's on my radar is comfort because I've definitely worn uncomfortable costumes and that's totally not fun. So I I definitely have comfort in mind. Costume design, it kind of has like a lot of components to it. For a show like Big Fish, for example, I was building a lot more stuff. Like we had witch costumes, I was building capes and like making headbands yes and like the mermaid i was making a big mermaid costume and stuff like that but for a show like inherit the wind it's it's not really built i I don't really have to build and sew like a lot it's kind of just thrifting and sourcing a lot of costumes so that's what a bolt the bulk of like my process for inherit the wind has been has been thrifting i've just had like a big list of things that i'm looking for at the thrift store colors fabrics like shapes of pieces that i'm looking for so thrifting has definitely been a bulk of my process for inherit the wind yeah
0: and and so and and you mentioned earlier the you know the director has a vision right and so like in what ways does the costume designer work with the director to help see that vision through
1: so It was super helpful in like the planning stages, you know, before we really had the ball running with *Inherit Inherit the Wind*. It was super helpful that Chris gave me like a clear color palette. That's always a really great way to start because you want to make sure everything looks together on stage. You don't. We want to make sure nobody's really standing out more than another. So having the color palette really helped me get in the right direction. Chris also had like fabrics that he had in mind that I I hadn't had experience with. You know, directors like having specific fabrics. So he really wanted like natural fabrics like like hemp and cotton and like linen-y stuff. So he mm-hmm. wanted it to be very summery, breathable, like a natural show. So that's another, that's a way that the director helps. Um, it also just help you understand the story a little bit more and understand like the vision of characters a little bit more. So that's been super helpful collaborating with Chris.
0: Yeah, yeah. Is, is there anything that you now know that now that you've, well, well, I mean, you did have two semesters on costume design, but also now that you've like been also doing it for a couple of shows professionally things that you maybe wish you would have known as an actor that like goes into the costume side of things that like if you could tell all actors hey (laughs) you know, think about this for all costume designers like what what would you tell them
1: okay so i remember being an actor and i remember having a lot of opinions on my costume and that's kind of it's it's not it's not the nicest to work with an actor who has like a lot of opinions on their costume Just because they weren't there in the room for those planning stages when talking about color palettes and fabrics and silhouettes of costumes you know they weren't there in the room with the director during those early planning stages so you know a lot of the suggestions i get or like ideas i get from actors about what they want to wear just really does not go with mine and the director's vision so yeah but i I, listen i've been at fault before i've been that actor (laughs) who's super picky about my costume but yeah now coming from a costume design perspective i understand how how difficult that is for the designer to work with a lot of conflicting opinions that don't really go with the
0: vision yeah and and you know just in in this uh, in this like influencer like culture that we live in and even like before that like you know the leading person in a show or in a movie like it's like you think it's like all about me or it's all about them but really theater is a team sport right totally yeah yeah that's been sort of a through line here is like it's a team sport so um so like in, in in studying acting and and, and eventually a costume design, you know, what were maybe some of like the softer like life skills that you learned, like pursuing that type of, of an education? So- softer life skills.
1: I think just like you touched on this a little bit working together, you know, theater is not it's not a one man show. Like we mentioned, it's a whole big collaborative effort. So I think working, you know, being a team player, that totally is something like a life skill that I've learned how to how to speak kindly to one another. Also, you it's it can be very stressful, especially those long days during tech, you know, it can be super stressful, you're spending a lot of hours with your cast and with the production crew. So I think just learning how to speak kindly to each other has been super important you know how to how to handle your stress well and manage your time and just be kind
0: yeah yeah oh that's all really great stuff i think you know i'm trying to think now of like you know certain roles in a production have like are more maybe front-loaded like it's like you do a lot in the beginning of the production some are more in the middle some are more at like like the end like with like the actual performance right but costume designer like, you know you have to do planning right in the beginning then you okay. actually get the actors that you have to fit right so like it's kind of like would you agree like that's kind of throughout the whole performance like costume design maybe towards the end like it gets a little bit like less intensive but like like where do you find you're spending the most time in a production doing your job
1: oh geez i i think costume design like you said it really is Throughout the whole process, you know, pretty prevalent, you know, we spend a lot of time planning, you have to read, you have to, you know, do those fittings and make sure you have everybody's sizes down. You have to have that when you're going drifting and, you know, buying products and things. So, and then a lot of it, you know, in the, the middle of the process is shopping and buying and maybe an actor will try on three different shirts that just don't work and you have to keep trying to find something that will work, but even through tech like making sure the racks are organized, making sure the things are steamed, You know, when I did Big Fish, that's when like a lot of, you know, last minute, like mishaps happen, buttons falling off, you know, things like tearing a little bit. So... That, that that week of tech, I think, honestly, is where my hardest work comes through because you just have to make sure everything looks, looks perfect. You know, there's no, no loose strings or loose threads. Yeah, you really got to make sure things are perfect and steamed and kept well and just organized. I, at the end of every show, I try to organize the rack and put all the costumes back and find things that were thrown on the floor during a quick change. So it's a lot of recovery throughout the performance <laughs> during tech
0: yeah yeah and just moving from a musical to to a play although I understand there might be some creative musical things done with inherit the wind but'll yeah. you know no spoiler territory here but like making something somebody has to be able to move around and dance in yeah. versus a, versus a more subtle performance right there's like a big different mental shift there in like how you're outfitting actors, right.
1: Totally, yeah. Because Big Fish did have a lot of dance in it. I really had to be conscious, you know, of the, the dance styles as well. Some had more like acrobat, like type of trip, tricks, acrobatic tricks. Whereas this show, there's really pretty easy just standing and sitting in court. So yeah, there really weren't like a lot of complications I had to think about, you know, with the movability of costumes.
0: That reminds me of of the giant from Big Fish and the stilts and like having to get pants that are long enough to cover oh, the stilts yeah. and still move around in, right? Like, what was that like?
1: That was my first time ever working with stilts. Thank goodness the actor, those were his, his stilts from home and he was already like a trained stilts actor. So we really didn't <laughs> have to do any of that training or like searching for stilt friends. So he he had a lot of knowledge on stilts that he was able to teach me. And I also have a great fellow costume designer that I've been renting from. So she had like the pants for the stilts and I'm renting some hats and accessories from her for this project. So that's a lot of what costume design is. It's just coming together and seeing who has what things that you might need. You know, it's just a, a whole big recycling of clothes. That's, that's a lot of what it is, just recycling clothes and borrowing things, and putting it yeah. together and making it part of your vision
0: yeah yeah awesome awesome so so you mentioned this a little bit but what i like to do is is ask a little more around like the pandemic and like being in this industry and so you you said you were still in school at the time and that you you, you pivoted in light of like everything going on but but you know like what else was that experience like for you because i have to imagine there were still like school performances that were supposed to happen they didn't happen like you know what was your experience with the pandemic and being being in this industry
1: yeah totally So it was junior year, second semester junior year when COVID happened, and I had just finished being the lead of a play called She Kills Monsters. So, you know, I was at really feeling confident in myself and like at the height of like my my acting in my college career and then covid happened and kind of stole my thunder a little bit and i so they really shifted to like zoom theater which was awesome and it was great and like they really made the best of things you know performing things and still being collaborative and being like off book but in like a zoom perspective you know it made it accessible to people who didn't want to who didn't want to leave and wanted to stay at home and watch theater. So there's like a lot of great things that came about Zoom theater. Well, I'm definitely happy that we're back in person. We're back, you know, on that collaborative, like real life effort. I think there's there's just nothing like being a part of like a living, breathing process, you know, like something tangible that you can really be a part of. But I guess COVID was good because it really got me into costume design more, you know, whereas the acting opportunities kind of weren't the same costumes are kind of always needed, whether you're on Zoom, whether you're on TV, whether you're in person, costumes always play like a really important role in telling the story. So I was grateful that I was able to learn costume design through through COVID.
0: Yeah. yeah. And, and you, you even mentioned earlier how like you even did some makeup and stuff. So I, I mean, that's obviously that also involves how somebody looks. I know that can be a whole other separate job, right? But like, in what ways are you working with, you know, makeup or you're, you're doing it yourself as part of costume design?
1: Yeah. So most actors do their own makeup, but I'm definitely the one to, you know, give suggestions. I feel like like a go-to that everybody who's ever been in a show does is red lipstick. But I try to tell actors like, all right, like that's the very holiday play. Like red lipstick is not the vibe for this show, you know, try to tone it down. So I feel like a lot of actors are sort of stuck in their ways of, you know, like, oh, like this is what show makeup is supposed to look like, but it's not, not necessarily like Every show has like different standards, you know, different styles of like makeup. You know, how we talked about for Inherit the Wind, we're going with a much more natural color palette, you know, just easy breezy, like summertime. So no heavy makeup. That's what I suggested. Also hair, like I'm not going to make anybody get a haircut or anything for this type of show, but <laughs> just having neat show hair. When, I, when I'm when i talking to like male identifying actors, I'm like, okay, think about how you would style your hair if you're going out to like a wedding or a really fancy dinner. So keep that in mind, you know, with like a little bit of product. So just just to sort of get them to understand the look that I'm going for.
0: Yeah, no, that's great. I love it. So, I mean, now we're talking a little bit about Inherit the Wind more. So, so let's put butts in seats, right? Like, tell us, like, why should people go see it? Like, because you've been super involved in the production side. We're getting closer and closer to, to showtime. So so now is your chance for all the listeners. Why should they go see Inherit the Wind?
1: Yeah, so there's a lot of things I would say. We'll talk about the production like aspects a little bit. I think Chris is putting on a really interesting type of show. I think this is going to be a version of Inherit the Wind if you have seen it before. I think this is going to be a really unique standout version that you've not seen before because we are we're just we're simplifying it. We're not having like a lot of props. We're not having all the bells and whistles. It's just going to be like the dialogue and the story and really getting into the themes and stuff. And, you know, why inherit the wind right now? I feel like it's a story that kind of just, it doesn't ever age, you know, it's relevant throughout all time periods, all areas of history. I think it's about, mostly like censorship. Inherit the Wind, it's a story of a court case ruling whether or not evolution should be taught in schools. And we just sort of see that censorship that happened, you know, back in that time period of, you know, keeping religion and science like separate. So just sort of that censorship of schools. And I feel like we, we're still seeing that censorship a lot today, you know, with, with racial history and with the LGBTQ history, just the censorship of things that like will have differing opinions on if it should be taught in schools, if it shouldn't. So I think, you know, stories about like inherit the wind about censorship i think that's sort of relevant throughout yeah. all time periods
0: yeah 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 for uh for better or worse it's uh it's a story we should all go re-expose ourselves to um uh, yeah, what's, totally. what's happening right now yeah yeah yeah. So we'll we'll wrap up the interview on a little bit of a lighter note, although everyone should go see Inherit the Wind. Tickets are available for sale or in purchase right now. So links to that in the show notes. You've, you said you've acted for like a really long time. So like thinking back about like as an actor, I'm going to ask you this as just like a consumer of the arts. But as an actor, you know, what have been maybe not, not you don't have to pick one, but some of your favorite performances that you've performed in and why?
1: Some of my favorite performances, I mentioned She Kills Monsters. That's another really awesome story. I feel like when people think of like, theater, it's either like musicals or Shakespeare, but there's a lot of like straight plays. So that's like a play, you know, with like, no music in it. There's a lot of straight plays that I feel like people aren't exposed to as much. And She Kills Monsters was an awesome story. It was about DD. so Dungeons and Dragons. So if, if we have any d d nerds listening, it's an awesome story about sisterhood and the LGBTQ community, and just another fantasy production. I was also in a production of Henry V, and that's like a lesser known and like a lesser attempted Shakespeare, because, again, it's got some heavy themes about, you know, war and just injustice and like sides not getting along. But I think that's still important, an important story to tell and just things that are always still relevant today.
0: Yeah, that that's the uh, that's where the band of brothers quotes come f- yeah, from. Right? Yeah,
1: totally. Yeah. yeah. that's
0: the one. Yeah. Yeah. When I was a wrestler in high school, we used to I are our. our Our wrestling coach was also an english teacher and so we would he would have us like recite like inspirational shakespeare for wrestlers as we were working out
1: (laughs) that's awesome and band of brothers was one of the speeches
0: yeah 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 that was one of them
1: i just think that's super relevant you know like just being together as we've talked about a lot today you know that's just that's what theater is it's a collaborative effort it's to be together and lift one another up you know
0: yeah, yeah. So then put, putting on your, your consumer of the arts hat. So when you're sitting in the audience, what have been some of your favorite shows that you've gone to over the years?
1: So this past fall, I saw an outstanding production of Sweeney Todd with CoCandy Productions in the city. It was it was insane. It I feel like musicals you don't really see them performed in like a smaller type of space and this was performed in like a smaller in the round type of space and it was it was insane. And again that was another show that really like oftentimes rely on the bells and whistles and the the props and the costumes you know and stuff like that but this was a much more stripped down version of Sweeney Todd and I thought it, it just told the story beautiful you know. I feel like when you take away the props and the glitz and glams and really like simplify it i think you really get to know the story better and you really get to see the themes a little bit clearer yeah because it's more about it's more about the story instead of you know the oohs and the oz but it's still uh, going to be a great a great piece of theater regardless
0: right right and then what's been a relatively newer question that i'd like to end with is is it okay to listen to a soundtrack before seeing a musical live
1: Okay, so I'll, <laughs> I'll play devil's advocate and I'll see both sides. I always listen to the soundtrack before I see a show because I want to get excited about like the, my favorite songs that I've heard. You know, I wanna I wanna be vibing in my seat and jamming out, but also. It is so, so exciting to just walk into a production that you know nothing about and just be just completely mesmerized and carried away, you know, once you hear like those songs for the first time. So I think I think it's it it just depends on how you're feeling. But I, I always love to listen to the soundtrack, but it definitely can be cool to go in, you know, and have the element of surprise take over.
0: Yeah. All right. It's I, a great That's a great answer. You, you answered both of it. That's 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 good. Yeah. And especially like if like you wanted to go see a show and like it's sold out for months or years like a Hamilton, you know, at that point, yeah. it's OK. Listen to the soundtrack. Yeah, enjoy it's, it. It's
1: OK. Yeah. You yeah. want to enjoy it while it's while people are still talking about it. You want to be able to participate in those conversations. So, yeah, go enjoy the music. It's there to listen to.
0: Well, Jade Andrews, thanks so much for coming on the podcast. If if anyone wants to follow up with you or like find you, like where would be the best way for them to do that?
1: Yes, of course. So I'll drop you guys with my, my email address. So it's my last name, my first name, Andrews Jade 5. So A-N-D-R-E-W-S-J-A-D-E-5 at gmail.com. You can also follow me on Instagram. I'm also, I'm always posting my outfits and what I'm finding at the thrift stores and just fun, fun fashion tips on my Instagram. So my Instagram is at JuicyJade13. So that's where you can find me. I'm in and around the Chicagoland area and I love doing theater.
0: All right. Thanks so much. Thanks. And that's our show. Please share this podcast to help support the work of Deerfield Family Theater. An even better way to support DFT is to go see Inherit the Wind this weekend. Visit theaterd.com to purchase tickets. As always, links are in the show notes. If you'd like to get in touch, send us a voice message at anchor.fm/dft. We might even add your voice message to a future show. Until next time, thanks to everyone who continues to support the arts. We'll see you at the theater!